It's the B team. Strange as it may seem, makes you wish for the precision of Kenneth Williams and Barbara Windsor and Charles Hawtrey. Because this is a film set apparently in the darkest days of the Second World War and some may say the darkest days of the carry-on time because this is 1976's Carry-On England. It's overlooked, this movie, and rightly so, because it's a pale comparison to other Carry On films. In fact, you could say that this one and the next one, Carry On Emmanuel, are not really Carry On films. Carry On Emmanuel does have Kenneth Williams, but doing a nasty French accent doesn't seem like him at all. And this one strips away so many of the cast and has so little plot that um, it really seems like a completely different film. The basis is that you have um, an experimental male and female army base uh, in, as, it, as, it, as we say, the darkest days of the Second World War, and they've been allowed really to fraternise somewhat. So when the, um, the new camp commander... Captain Esmelly, 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 <laughs> fantastic, so funny, the most whimsical jape of the season. When he comes and wants to assert some discipline, it's about a, um, a test of wills between him and between the soldiers in the camp. That's basically it. By the end of it, they have some kind of air raid and they do... Um, seem to have remembered their training and it works for them and Melly looks good and so does the sergeant played by Windsor Davis this is his second film with um, Carry On but this is far more the Sant Major of the It Ain't Our Fat Mum shouting stuff he manages some really good quiet and character work in Carry On Behind in difficult situations in that movie, to be honest. And, and that's a movie which seems to be not really like a lot of the carry-on canon, but this is something very different. When I tell you who the protagonists on the army side are, you'll see what I'm talking about. Because you've got Judy Jason and Jack Douglas and Melvin Hayes and Patrick Mower. The idea is that they go from one billet to another and they fraternise. These are not carry-on stars. I'm not being snobby here, but they're not comedians. They're not comic film actors. These are actors in films who can do a comic turn or they're sitcom actors who can keep it up for 30 minutes. They don't seem correct for the role. They just seem too modern, particularly Moa, who's always played that kind of louche and flash feel. You know, he's, he's all right in Special Branch, 
with big collars and a big knotted tie, flat, you know, driving a flash car, that's fine. But here, in supposedly the Second World War, it just doesn't seem right. Neither does Melvin Hayes, who is doing the same shtick that he did in It Ain't Our Fat Mum, but without the women's clothing. And Jack Douglas is just seems far too old. I'm sorry, he just doesn't seem right in their company here. Even though, actually, he has far more comedy chops here than the rest of them do. There's not a lot to say about this. Joan Sims is in there, but only as a little turn, and generally that's what you get. Playing the Barbara Windsor part, you've got Diane Langton, who had the physicality, but never really had the character, and never really turned a gag. And I can't believe I'm saying that about Barbara Windsor, who I've said in the past, you know, couldn't really keep pace with some of the other comedians. But she could turn a gag. Diane Langton doesn't, and isn't allowed to in a way, because she's not that kind of actor. She's there because of her physicality, nothing else. Amazing to say that, you know, a lot of people go, oh, Barbara Windsor, she was just there so she could lose her, her bra or, or, or her clothing. Well, yeah, but actually, she could play a character, and a certain kind of character, but she could turn a gag on occasion. Diane Langton's not there for that. Joan Sims is the sort of love interest, a man-eater for the um, for the Sant Major. Um, that's Major Tiger Bloomer. Yeah, she plays Fook Sharp. Look sharp, Fook Sharp. Yeah, Fook Sharp. You see, double F. Yeah, there's your gag. And um, generally, it's things like you know. Uh, um, edicts about wearing certain clothing when you're on parade which makes the women wear nothing but their trousers so things like that or you know or all of that it had a double a rating when it came out this because it was a bit naughtier and that's where they were going to be honest <sighs> i don't know it's uh it doesn't have much going for it really you have a couple of really good comic actors in uh, Peter Jones, who I'm not sure... I'm not. Did he do any other carry-on films? I'm not sure he did, you know. He's a cowardly brigadier in this, just quite nicely. And Major Carstairs is Peter Butterworth. We need to see some more of him as a kind of person who doesn't quite know what he's doing, which he plays extremely well. Note Brother Boucher in Carry On Up The Kyber. Um... It just doesn't work. It just doesn't have a plot that you feel is interesting. It doesn't have gags that you remember after watching it. It has an energy, but of a sort of British sex comedy. And that is the point. Because, you know, when you've got the Confessions movies coming in, which are sub-carry-on films, really, with a different thrust, quite literally... <laughs> you know, when you've got that going on, the carry-on films become more... become clearer about sex. You know, certainly, as I've said before, carry-on films are successful because everyone's talking about sex and no-one's getting any. Well, in this, 
they have been getting it and the new lieutenant is trying to stop them getting it. That's... They're kind of swinging here. It's like swinging London. You know, it's like a swinging army camp and we don't want to see that. The great thing about all of the Carry On movies is that they are quintessentially British because they're buttoned up, they are class-based and they don't get what they want. This is different. They've had what they want and they want to fight to make sure they get it again. Just doesn't work for Carry On. It's an unloved part of the Carry On canon and quite rightly so, it's sad to see people like Butterworth and Peter Jones and Kenneth Connor who is you know playing Captain S. Melly who, who had a similar role actually um, in Carry On Behind and really I think he moves from a really central figure in the early films um, you know like Carry On Constable um, and I think that uh, I think that he became a more peripheral figure and it's such a shame because he is excellent at doing those smaller roles and he is excellent at doing those um, men of authority playing high status but who are always brought down to low status because that's really what they are. You know, he has a lack of stature and a lack of height and he's always kind of pulling himself up to a, a height he hasn't got and that works really well. That's what he does and it's beautiful to see. Same thing with... Um, June Whitfield in Carry On Abroad. You know, she constantly puts him down and eventually it takes the the special um the special liquor in the in the punch to enable him to um, become a man again. There is quite a lot of that, you know? And um that's what he did so well. He really struggles gamely with this, but you've got people who are kind of smiling at the camera and giving us a nod and a wink. And Patrick Mower did that. I'm not saying anything against Patrick Mower. Not, I don't think his stick is great, but he's brilliant in some things. In some modern, kind of Flash Harry type programs, but not in this, when you need to conform to certain rules. Same with Melvin Hayes, really. He is off his time, even, you know, I mean, you've got to change half up, Mum, which is set in a certain time, but it's quintessentially 70s with its views and its mores and its jokes and characterisation. And carry-on films needed more than that. They're very successful when they work with the historical nature, like carry-on the Khyber, carry-on Cleo, even a later carry-on Henry, and they play against that, but they need to understand some of the mores to be able to play against it. These characters just don't do that. The actors just don't do that. But I suspect the writing doesn't help them either. There's not a gag in this, really. Not that you could repeat and think, hey, but it's got that great gag in. I'm struggling to think of one right now. I think this might be the worst of the Carry On films. Even Carry On Emmanuel has that great scene in the middle with, uh, with um, Joan Sims in the laundrette. This one doesn't even have that. Such a shame. And the last knockings of Carry On. If you want to have a look at it, you can do. It's only a two out of five. 
and I suggest there are lots of better ways to spend an hour and a half not watching Carry On Emmanuel though. Spare yourself that too. Ta-ta! Thank you.